Holy badonkadonks, it's a day late, and I'm so glad to be here, guys. When Fat Mac asked to push the, the podcast back by a day, I was very disappointed because I could not wait to share the news with you. This is the most outstanding and stellar news since, uh... Since Trump ran for president. <laughs> Joe Biden has picked Kamala to be his running mate as vice president. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Pacey. Pacey. I'm so excited, Fat. Pacey. 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 I know you're a big fan of the Ugandan giant and everything, but um, Kamala's dead. What? No, yeah, he's yeah. going to be vice president. No, Kamala's dead. He died on Sunday. Wait, what are you talking about? You know, Kamala Harris, you know. The, the Ugandan giant, the Ugandan <laughs> headhunter, the Ugandan monster, a lot of Ugandan hyphens. Yeah, he's he's dead. He died. <sighs> I, I don't know where this whole uh, uh, Joe Biden thing comes from. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry to be the uh, bearer of bad, the sugar bearer of bad news. <laughs> Oh, shit. What was can't I thinking? Get, can't get enough of them sugar cream. So why am I hearing Kamala's going to be vice president? Um, I think that's a different Kamala. Senator uh, Kamala Harris, right? Yeah, yeah, Senator. But yeah, and I, I know Kamala and Harris. Um, I know Kamala's last name is Harris. His shoot last name, but that's it's a completely different person. A female. Oh, well, female what? Even. Yeah, oh. female. Oh, damn. Yeah, two, di- two different people. Oh, shit. I already had posters printed out. My car has a big decal on it. (laughs) Dude, I was full bore for Biden and Kamala. You know, I would vote. That's probably the only way I would vote for Biden is if uh, he was running with Kamala. Uh, Let's see them Russians try to take us now. (laughs) But um, it would be really awesome to find out if they are related in any way. (laughs) That would be so so cool like you know like her mom named her after her uncle yeah Kamala, so you know? proud of the uncle yeah yep. that'd be so badass but uh i guess we should um see her, see her in... during the debates with the war paint on <laughs> the big uh the tribal mask that he used to come out with <laughs> oh boy stars stars on her titties and a big moon on the belly <laughs> slapping that belly Trump um, wouldn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time in his life, he'd probably be speechless. <laughs> oh, God. Whew. So that uh, does, Pasty, that brings us to our, our top of the show news, which is sadly uh, former WWF star James Sugar Bear Harris, better known to today's fans as Kamala, has passed away at the age of 70 this past Sunday. On August 5th, He tested positive for COVID-19 and was hospitalized. They say he likely contracted it from one of his numerous weekly visits to the dialysis center. Due to his COVID-19, he started to experience complications from his diabetes. Wilford Brimley couldn't help him. He just passed away. He then went into cardiac arrest on Sunday before dying later that afternoon. Um, Fond, fond memories of Kamala that go all the way back into the God, late 70s. Kamala made his WWF debut, though, in 1984 and would make his Raw in-ring debut in 1993. 
during his career there. The master of the pectoral claw, which is always a fun finisher. He just grabbed your tit. Just shoves his whole peck into your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, he feuded with Jake the Snake Roberts, Hulk Hogan, and probably most famously The Undertaker, where they have some really cool skits of Undertaker making like a custom casket for Kamala because he's so giant. Mm. Before that, though, he had also wrestled in promotions such as USWA, where he was a four-time heavyweight champion, Mid-South Wrestling, AWA, World Class Championship Wrestling, NWA, and WCW, as well as wrestling in Mexico and Europe. And when he was over there, he was he was known as the Mississippi Mauler. In recent years, Kamala has had a number of health issues, including a battle with diabetes that required both of his legs to be amputated. In 2015, he released an autobiography called Kamala Speaks. Kamala was inducted in the Texas Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2012, and he is definitely a shoo-in as a future WWE Hall of Fame inductee. I can't believe he's not already in the Hall of Fame. That is crazy. Yeah, it really is. It would have been awesome for them to get him you know, before Isn't Godfather passed. already in as Papa Shango? Uh, Godfather's in as Godfather, Okay, believe, but yeah. Uh, yeah, this sucks. But I mean, he didn't have legs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the the end of his life was probably. I mean, it sounds like he was pretty rough, pretty bad. He seemed to have a uh, a positive attitude, but I recommend folks going out and watching some old Kamala stuff. They got a lot on the network. You can just search Kamala. They got old. Oh, I'm sure uh, they got a collection stuff. put together now too. Maybe. They didn't when I looked, but it was shortly after his death. But um, some Mid-South wrestling stuff, some old WCCW stuff. Or, hey, if you just want to watch what you, you, you know and like, watch him versus Hulk Hogan and him versus Undertaker and all of that. Or just some of the uh, some of the skits that they did with Kamala. I remember on the old, uh, when they used to have the uh, Coliseum home videos. I don't remember which one it is, but they... They take Kamala to the bowling alley, and Slick was his manager at the time, and he's trying to teach him how to bowl, and Kamala's, like, just enamored with this shiny orb, and it's just, <laughs> just hilarity ensues. <laughs> you know, they, they, it was one of those things where they'd cut in between matches, they'd cut back and show different skits of Kamala at the bowling alley, so fun stuff. Uh, he was one of my guilty pleasures. Not really a good wrestler by any means, but... Uh, It was entertaining. Sports entertainment is key, I think, when it comes to highlighting Kamala's career. When you Um, talk about characters, I mean, he was a character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess on that note, Pacey, that's going to bring us into our token JRR, which actually comes to us from, I think, the first time we've done one from the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. Yeah. I guess it's called the, the Steve Austin Show. Um, he recently put out a, a retro um, interview that he did with Kamala uh, not too far back, but a while back. Um, the quality isn't the best. Kamala was on a cell phone, so we apologize for that. But just to give you a little backstory, he's discussing uh, his very first match with Andre the Giant. And Kamala had messed up a spot. And Andre got mad at him and called him the N-word. And uh, I guess we'll just let Kamala take it from here. Yeah, snapping to it. And in the ring, he called me a real bad name because of a spot that I missed. 
Right. And, you know, so so anyway, he called me that name, and he got up and he nailed me. And when he nailed me, that's when I, I went crazy on him, and I drove him back into that corner, and I just beat, 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 beat until I just got tired of beating. But it wasn't like I was throwing him all over the place <laughs> or nothing like that. It was just that I was just nailing him. He was covering up a lot, but... um. Then it busted his lip and all that kind of stuff. and uh, But we made up for that. It, it didn't go on every night. It didn't go on every night, but a couple of nights later in the dressing room, I guess it was the first time you'd seen him since that happened, and you had to come to Jesus meeting with that guy. Yeah. Well, what happened is uh, I was still mad uh, from the name he called me and the way he was, uh, you know, you know, he jumped up and nailed me. Even though I got the best of it, the next night we was in Baton Rouge. And when we was in Baton Rouge, our dressing room Johns, all the dressing room Johns, and we could go back and forth and talk to each other. So I had, uh, I got my gun, put in my pocket, over 357 Magnum, and I put in my pants pocket. And I walked across over there to Andre. He was sitting there talking to Dusty Rhodes. And uh, I said, Andre, don't you ever. I had my finger on his nose. I was popping his nose. And I'm glad to this day he didn't I, I, I know I probably would have been in prison because I wasn't going to try to fight him because if Andre fight fought back, I couldn't have whooped that big guy. <laughs> uh, I like that he was smart enough before he went to confront him to grab his pistol. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably going to need it. <laughs> like he said, if he decided to get mad, he'd be critical. <laughs> but I give him credit for uh, stepping up in the ring and just laying some potatoes oh, on yeah. Andre. Like, that yeah. takes balls. You can't you can't let anybody, no matter what their size, get, get, get that over on you. No, no, even uh, back then. Oh, funny, funny stuff. Good stuff. I mean, good. it's not, It's I guess it's not good to call guns on people and call people the n-word but right um but two, for its time <laughs> two giants of the ring clashing yeah. in a shoot that's what's fun in a shootout it almost was <laughs> i bopped him on his nose he said <laughs> i want to see andre the giant try to hold a pistol oh my gosh that's... <laughs> His, his finger wouldn't even fit in. Right. It, it, it couldn't be a trigger guard on it. It couldn't be a trigger guard. I've never thought about that. That would be... Andre at the shooting range. That'd just be great. <laughs> I guess even something like a shotgun would be kind of funny. Like, yeah, he's because... not going to get it on his shoulder. <laughs> no, not at all. Um... <laughs> God, I ne- you know, I never thought about that. But that would be interesting. You know, even just seeing him with, like, a knife. He'd need, like, a machete, and it would just look like a knife to you and I. <laughs> what you doing with that butter knife? <laughs> Andre's in there slabbing some, some butter on his toast with a machete. <laughs> Hilarious uh, stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we've been on this trip back in time. Honoring Kamala and his life. 
Let's uh, continue to remain back in time, Fat Mag, for this week in pro wrestling history. Yes, sir, Pasty, and this one takes place 21 years ago when WCW presented Road Wild from the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in Sturgis, South Dakota. Talk Which, about a group way, of people I'm pretty disgusted with this year. I was just going to say, <laughs> by the way, they're holding the Sturgis Rally still. <laughs> Fucking Tech wow. Nine's putting on concerts. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh. Well, luckily, there was only 5,500 people there, so maybe maybe they can stay Bikers love Smash apart. Mouth, by the way. That's what we learned this year. Hey, now, they're, they're an all-star. <laughs> they get their game on. Go play. That was Smash Mouth, right? Yes, yes. I know that one, that one, and then he did the Shrek song, too. Somebody! The yeah, that one. Um, the meme. Um... So anyways, uh, 5,500 were in attendance for the free event now, folks. People at, at Sturgis, this was just an event that was held on, and they were actually they were in the stands on their motorcycles. There weren't seats. There weren't bleachers. <laughs> they were sitting on their Harleys. Instead of clapping, they'd rev their engine. It's, 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 fans are split on whether it was a good or bad concept. I always thought it was a unique concept, if nothing else. Yeah, like having, it, having the first w, WCW Nitro in Mall of America. Right, exactly. Right next to uh, Hogan's Pasta Mania. I'm sure a lot of people like that, but I'm from here, and I'm like, why would you do that? That's dumb. <laughs> uh, but uh, enough people must have thought it was a pretty uh, decent idea because 235,000 homes Jeez. were watching the pay-per-view, so it made good numbers. It was the final Road, Road Wild event, though, as it would be replaced with New Blood Rising the next year and the final pay-per-view of the Eric Bischoff era as head of WCW. So, want to know what was on the show? Well, here we go. We've seen the Filthy Animals, Rey Mysterio Jr., Billy Kidman, and Eddie Guerrero defeat Vampiro, teaming with the Insane Clown Posse. Yes, yes. the actual Violet J and Shaggy 2 Dope. Um, how are these guys not in the WWE Hall of Fame? They've wrestled... They never will be. They've wrestled in um, ECW, WCW, WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor. At least those five. That's that's Hall of Fame worthy. It if is. If you ask me. What and Hall they, of Fame would induct their, them, though? And they run their own wrestling promotion. So, hello. I think I think they could at least get in the celebrity wing. They should. I don't think it'll, it'll be the WWE Hall of Fame. But I honestly, that's not the Hall of Fame I'd want to see them in anyway. I'd want to see something that's universally recognized. That is true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see the cauliflower alley. No. No. Maybe the Broccoli cul-de-sac club will take them. <laughs> they probably would. <laughs> next up, we had Harlem Heat defeating WCW Tag Champions Canyon and Bam Bam Bigelow, who were two of the three that were known as the Jersey Triad, along with DDP. I liked that group. It didn't last long enough. We had the Revolution, Saturn, Shane Douglas, and Dean Malenko, which, by the way, WWE did not copy when they brought the Radicals in, which was Saturn, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, and Eddie Guerrero. Just going to point that out. Revolution <laughs> Radicals was completely different. Very different. They defeated the West Texas Rednecks, consisted of Barry Windham, Kurt Henning, and Bobby Duncan Jr. Buff Bagwell beat the cat Ernest Miller. Chris Benoit defeated DDP Diamond Dallas Page in a no-disqualification match to keep his United States championship. God, I bet DDP wish he had invented yoga sooner. Right. (laughs) Sid Vicious defeated Sting, 
Goldberg defeated Rick Steiner. Randy Savage defeated Dennis Rodman, <laughs> who, uh, by the way, wasn't even scheduled for the show, if I remember right, unless this is a different one, but he just happened to be at Sturgis, and he was like, hey, man, got something for me? And he did it for free. Nice. If it wasn't this one, it was another one, but I know that that happened at a Road Wild, so I would assume it's this one. And then your main event scene, Hulk Hogan defeat Kevin Nash in a retirement match to retain the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. As a result of the loss, Nash was forced to retire. But this is pro wrestling, <laughs> and he returned two months later. And many, many pretty, times after that. <laughs> two months is actually quite a long time in pro wrestling for a retirement. Right, yeah, usually so it's an was... angle, and the next week it's, like, spent. Yeah. <laughs> Like when Vince McMahon died, the ultimate retirement angle. Yeah, or when Trish Stratus had a loser leaves town, and then the next week she was on TV, <laughs> and Vince just said, "I wanted her back." I, I left town. You just came to the town I was in, so I'm here. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, the winner leaves town too, right? <laughs> you don't just. They all stay have there. to leave at some point. <laughs> they all do at some point. Uh, well, it's time to get our shit together as we step forward into this week's Shortage Sentinel. Woo! And it is a short one, folks. Yes. <laughs> John Elba of My News 13 is reporting WWE has signed an agreement with Amway Center in Orlando, Florida to run shows through October 30th. No fans are allowed in the building, meaning WWE will likely not be doing events with a live audience until at least that date. It's already confirmed that Friday's SmackDown is scheduled to be live outside the Performance Center. But the official location was not yet announced. WWE is reportedly pushing for more live programming going forward in an attempt to increase dwindling TV ratings. Yeah, that'll work. Also, this week, uh, actually just yesterday, and we wouldn't be able to say this if we did the show on time, uh, SmackDown had a TV-14 rating. Ooh. Yeah, that hasn't happened in, like, ten years. Actually, Ooh. I think it, it did happen, like, once, like, four years ago. And then it was, like, right back to the same shit. So we'll see next week if they're going to ride with it. But right. I guess the TV-14 would go hand-in-hand hand with that raw underground bullshit that they're trying to push and... So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, the NXT brand will not be impacted by the main roster move to the Amway Center. As the current plan for the black and yellow brand is to remain at the NXT arena on the campus of Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. That's right. We're leaving you behind in the infected stadium. While all of our real main roster stars get to go to this clean <laughs> stadium that we're going to infect. <laughs> yeah. Uh Good stuff. Um, why? Why do you need a change of scenery? Why does it fucking matter? If there's no fans, why does it matter where you're at? It shouldn't even be in an arena. You know? <laughs> just set a fucking thing, uh, uh, ring up in the middle of a field and just, just do that. Whatever. Just uh, just uh, go over to uh, Doc Gallo's house. He's got a yeah, ring in the backyard. I'm sure he'd let you. I'm, I'm ah, sure. why not? He's, he's a nice guy. Hey, their he's beer a, came out this week, too. Good Brothers he's good, beer. He's a good brother. Yes. Um, and keeping up with the... Uh, well, this, the trend, this next one is a bad brother. Yeah, because keeping up with the trend of um, there's not much news, so we're scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel for wrestling news. 
YouTube star Logan Paul took to Twitter on Monday and called out other social media influencers saying $10,000 to any influencer who can beat me in a wrestling match. Paul, who has talked about being a WWE fan in the past and is a friend of The Rock, did not say if this would be a pro wrestling match or an amateur wrestling bout, but it's possible that he was referring to some sort of amateur contest as he actually was a wrestler in high school and qualified for the Ohio High School Athletic Association Division I Individual Championships. <laughs> Woo! Sounds like a WWE stipulation match. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Logan Paul and his brother Jake Paul also got into boxing last year. Logan competed in his first pro boxing match in November 2019, losing to KSI, who is apparently another internet celebrity I haven't heard of. Uh, he lost in the sixth round. Matt Riddle responded to the tweet and wrote, Bro. ECW original <laughs> New Jack went viral for his response to the Which YouTube translated sp- to, I really want nothing to do with this, please don't fight me. <laughs> right? <laughs> New Jack uh, very eloquently said, I'll kill this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one I want to see. WWE's Dio Madden challenged Paul to face Mansoor in Saudi Arabia. The Pope D'Angelo De Niro, who was once an amateur boxer with a record of 98 and 1, that's pretty damn good, responded to Paul saying, I'll put 15,000 against your 10,000. Wrestling or boxing. AEW's Joey Janela, who recently, quote, left social media, had his representative respond. They wrote, on behalf of Joey Janela, we accept the challenge. AEW's Big Swole also responded, offering to face Paul in an intergender match. She says, sounds like donation money to me, Lego. Swole wasn't the only woman to respond, though, as the former Summer Rae also offered to accept the challenge. She wrote, um, yes, it is I. Hello, sir. And then she tagged Logan Paul. And Ethan Page also threw his name in the hat and wrote, so, me? Um, As of this recording, uh, Paul has not responded to any of the pro wrestlers. He's scared. Whoop-de-doo. Maybe New Jack just went to his house after he sent the tweet. I would love to see that. God, I would love to see that. Please? Please. <laughs> I would pay oh pay pay-per-view for that. We should just have there should be like a a, a new Jack wrestling organization where we just send people <laughs> who need to die to face New Jack. Right? That would be fantastic. That would be great. And then if anybody kills New Jack, then they're the new guy that everybody has to go and face. They're the new New Jack. Yes. And then New Jack is the old Jack. Old Jack. Jack. (laughs) And if he sits in the corner long enough, he's the dry Jack. The old dry Jack. (laughs) We don't like the dry Jack. No. We tend to stay away from that. Spit on him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to take my chance of spitting on New Jack. Even Dry Jack might kill you. He's he's been dead for four years. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't push it. (laughs) He's ashy, but he's pissed. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I want to see New Jack in a zombie movie now. (laughs) Yes. 
playing himself, not like not like a character zombie. Just there, New can, Jack can New zombie. Jack replace Ash and then just not be Ash, just be New Jack? That would be so badass. <laughs> and brand new Evil Dead spinoff. Yes, New Evil Dead with New, new Jack. Jack. New Evil Dead Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Too good. Too good. Yeah, I want to see Logan Paul or Jake. I want them both get their asses beat. I'll put oh, them up man. against the Lucha Brothers. There you go. There you go. <laughs> take They'll team. Take them out. Yes. <laughs> mm. I can't stand either of them pricks. Yeah. Well. Uh... Hopefully they'll be going sooner than later as we move into comings and goings. Man, that that was not as smooth of a transition as I was hoping for, but it happened. Whew. It worked. It was really bad. It was it was a bad one, it was, but it got the job done. We, yeah, we, we're, 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 we've crossed over. We're here. There's no going back now. <laughs> Only coming going forward. What? <laughs> Whoa. All uh, right. Bukaki, folks. Hey, we pulled that one together, Fat Mac. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. In the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, it was reported that Hunter Johnston, a.k.a. Delirious, has returned to the head creative role for Ring of Honor. Marty Skrull is on a hiatus and has no Ring of Honor responsibilities due to the pending human resources investigation over the hashtag speaking out claims that transpired in June when Skrull's name was among those called out for sexual assault. Since the investigation started, Johnston has taken over as the main force for formatting, producing, and organizing Ring of Honor television, of which there is none. Or is it back now? No, they've they've started doing shows now. Okay. Again. <laughs> so, um, you know, if, in all honesty, if if Skrull is guilty, Skrull is guilty of what he did, then fuck him, and he, he doesn't deserve any of this. But. Uh, if he's not, and before we heard all of this, it's like just really sad that he got like one or two weeks to actually put TV together before COVID yeah. struck, and now he's on the outs, and it's like, well, we didn't really get to see what he could do. Might as well not even put producer on his resume. Might as well not. <laughs> he's going um, to AEW now. <laughs> you know, Delir- Delirious was a uh, head booker for, God, a decade or so, as well as head trainer, so he... He's got a good track record. I like his stuff. Um, ROH is in good hands with him, but I was interested to see what Skrull was going to do, you know? ROH yeah. needed a, a shake-up, and Skrull could have possibly did that. Uh, somebody who's always willing to shake things up, though, Brian Pillman Jr., he recently talked about how MLW feels about him working with other promotions on the Wrestling Inc. Daily Podcast, saying, OVW has never been restricted to me, and neither has AEW. I haven't heard from MLW in a while. I used to talk to them all the time, but they don't answer my phone, revealed Pillman. I'm sure they're cool and there's no hard feelings. I guess everything that's been said has been said, and they told me I'm free to chase opportunities outside. I think my contract restricts WWE and NXT, and that's it. They know that I know what I'm not allowed to do, and sooner or later I'm sure they will try to get they will try to come to an agreement where MLW can release me, he says. 
As far as I'm concerned, there's not any guarantee on any shows happening. I understand it's a pandemic and it's just business. There's no hard feelings and I absolutely love the company. And wrestling has been nothing but good to me my whole career. For the record, I just want to say I haven't heard from MLW in quite some time, too. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sad about it. I, they haven't uh, returned any of my phone calls. Dude, they built me up. They offered me a ring. And then they just disappeared. It's sad. It's, it's interesting that he he says that he's sure they'll come to an agreement where they can release me. He doesn't say, like, <laughs> an agreement or an agreement to work on stuff. Like, it sounds like he's looking to be released. I think that's fine. You know, Pillman, Pillman's great in MLW, but also I feel like he definitely has transcended a little bit in the last year and a half or so. Yeah, and if we've seen anything from MLW, I mean, they don't – I think if he left – being a contracted wrestler, he'd still they'd welcome him back. I do like know? that independent contract or independent promotions are are including you can't work for WWE or NXT in their shit, but you can work for anybody else. That's that's <laughs> nice. Way to go! WWE does that shit all the time. Exactly. Got to cover your ass. Ah, and Shimmer star Vanessa Craven announced on social media that she is retiring from pro wrestling. Vanessa Craven made her wrestling debut in 2004. During her career, she held the APW Heavyweight Championship, NCW Women's Championship, NCW Femme Fatales International Championship, PWE Flame Championship, and why? These these are really... These are really they're, out there. <laughs> they're women promotions, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the Shimmer Tag Team Championship with Tessa Blanchard. She also wrestled in Japan and Neo Japan Ladies Pro Wrestling and JWP. Vanessa Craven was also in the 2018 May Young Classic competition. She lost in the first round by NXT star Lacey Lane. Yeah, Vanessa Craven is a very talented young wrestler and... uh I hope she uh, gets to do what she wants to do now that she's leaving the pro wrestling world. Yeah. Is it going to be Twitch? It could she be Twitch. She's pulling a Rusev? Could be Twitch. <laughs> uh, Impact World Champion Eddie Edwards' open challenge continued on the latest Impact Wrestling with Brian Myers, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins, answering the call and making his return to Impact Wrestling. Myers took on the champion, but came up short when Edwards hit his finisher, the Boston Knee Party, for the pinfall victory. Myers had previously worked in TNA for a short time back in 2015. <laughs> of course, Kurt Hawkins gets hired by Impact, but fucking... Uh, Matt, Matt. Three-man band. Matt something. Or Drew Galloway, or no, Matt? No, no. You're talking about Matt. Yeah. Zack Ryder? Matt, yeah, whatever. No, not, not Zack Ryder. Well, he was in three-man band. We're talking it wasn't about Drew the, Galloway. Uh, it's not Jinder Mahal. It's Heath Slater. Heath there Slater? you go. Heath Slater still isn't signed. He he had a contract match, and, and the ref was knocked out, and he had, he had beat Moose by pinfall, and then Moose <laughs> got the pinfall on him. So he's still not signed to Impact and trying. But they took Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> I'm choking on my water here. I apologize, Ooh, folks. I'm sorry I recommended it. Yeah, you should be. I'd it's rather take fault. the diabetes. It's all my fault. Uh, yeah, but isn't that, you know, kind of the Heath Slater story all around? He's yep. just, no matter where he goes, he's going to be the guy that just 
He's always coming up a little short. <laughs> I like that there's some kind of continuity in his character in that sense. Although, on the other hand, I would like to see him be different than that. I wouldn't mind, tra- you know, seeing what he can do. Yeah, as long as he has some sort of control over what he's doing and this is what he wants to do, that's that's cool. Yeah, I may not like his work. I may. I don't know, because we've never really got to see him really work. You know? Right, yeah, yeah. You, you just his knew that he was the, the idiot in WWE, and then that was it. He never, yeah. you never saw him again. No. Somebody <laughs> we did just recently see again is somebody I never thought we'd see on WWE, Pasty. Yes. And that is Joseph Park, the alter ego of Abyss, made an appearance on WWE television while un- under contract with the company. He did so during Friday's episode of SmackDown. He was seen backstage with a giant whiteboard to do two segments with AJ Styles. They then headed out to the ring, and the WWE Intercontinental Champion did a promo about how he would use analytics and statistics to decide who should face him for his championship. His title was actually The Piss. It was like the the personal... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that was an anagram. So it was like personal informational was, statistics, something. Yeah, and he was the. It best. was classy, anyways, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. it was classy. It was, good. it was good. Hey, I'm happy to see Joseph Park on TV. I'm glad he's getting used. They don't got to do that. He wasn't hired as a talent. No, um, no, he wasn't. And Joseph Park, I love the Abyss character, but man, when he busted out the Joseph Park, I fell in love because hey. not only did it show his range. But it, it kind of gave him it gave him some personality. This had a little bit of yeah, yeah. So it was kind of a lot like when uh, mankind kind of came out more as Mick Foley, and you kind of got into his story. I know I'm not the only person out here who wants to see Joseph Park have an interaction with the fiend. Oh, that would be so. And bad. say something about the mask, you know, like like make some kind of a harking back to Abyss. That would right. be fun. And I, I'm I don't know. I didn't see the episode. But I'm guessing they didn't actually call him Joseph Park. No, um, he was the sure. professional information and statistics something. <laughs> He's the piss. Yes. But I also don't know that Impact would have copyrighted Joseph Park. I don't know that they even copyrighted Abyss um, because he had that before he went to uh TNA back then. Yeah. But I don't know that they would even own Joseph Park, so WWE possibly could use that. But oh, it was just, I, I just, I thought that's awesome that he's on. Even just, and, and with segments with AJ Styles, I mean, that's an A plus superstar right there. Hell yeah. Yep, yep. Good for him. Good on them for sure. I'm, I'm hoping they use them more. I hope so also. French professional wrestler Omale has announced that she's signed with WWE, becoming the first ever French female wrestler to do so. The superstar took to Twitter earlier Friday to announce the move, saying she's signed on to the company's NXT UK brand. Omale previously appeared on several episodes of NXT UK as enhancement talent. She is the current WXW Women's Champion and has held the belt since beating Tony Storm for it last year. She's made several successful defenses against the likes of Millie McKenzie, Fade Jackson, Tennille Dashwood, and Killer Kelly. Ah, good for her. They can always use uh, use more female talents in WWE. Um, she's in the NXT UK brand, but I guess that's really the only thing she can do at this point anyways. Right. 
with so many travelers. Hey, that's actually it's it's really good thing WWE got that in place before COVID. Otherwise, there would be no way to interact with these stars. You know, that's actually huge. You are right. That's a yeah. point that doesn't get uh, talked about enough. That they it was perfect timing. Yep, they definitely Vince created the virus <laughs> just to just to promote NXT UK. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Oh, and Pasty, uh, AEW did some uh, house cleaning just recently this week as they parted ways with Jimmy Havoc, Sadie Gibbs, and B. Priestley. The releases were finalized on Wednesday, this according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. This is when their profiles were removed from the official AEW roster page. All three wrestlers are from the UK, and it was noted that AEW hasn't been able to bring in talents from the UK due to this COVID-19 quarantine. AEW should have put an AEW UK brand out. <laughs> they should have just started over there. No. The fact that uh, AEW has added a lot of new wrestlers as of late also contributed to the decision to release these three. It is suspected that Havoc like, likely won't be brought back due to the allegations against him coming out from the Speaking Out movement, which is why he was suspended before undergoing treatment for some of his issues before being let go just recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the most one uh, I'm surprised to see go is B Priestley, but B. being Priestley. a UK talent makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see her back eventually. I would assume so. If this ever indeed does end, you know, and Russia like they says said, they got a vaccine. I ain't, I ain't using a Russian <laughs> vaccine. No, <laughs> but you know, like it said too, all the new superstars that they've been bringing in. You know, we've even. When this all started, I said I'd just, you know, I don't I don't own a company, run a company, never have, so I don't know, but I said I'd just put a hiring freeze out. I just wouldn't bring yeah. anybody new in because you don't know what's going on. But AEW right. and the pops are better with a fucking crowd. Yeah, but AEW has recently brought in a lot of people who you're assuming are, are making decent money. So it's it's understandable if you got people that you can't use because they're on another continent. Uh, and you're paying them money, it's it's understandable that you'd let them go because you, I hate to say it because they're good talents, but it's wasted money. Yeah. Kind of like back in the day when the Iron Sheik was in WCW and he couldn't even barely walk. And they, they hired him for one year and they, they just didn't even, they tried to use him even for jobber matches and it was just so pathetic. They were like, just stay at home, just stay at home. <laughs> and then his contract came up and you know, being as uh, astute as WCW was back in the day, nobody noticed his contract came up, so it just renewed itself. So they just let they just paid Iron Sheik to sit home for another year. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? Not a bad gig if you can get it. No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> Good on the Sheik. God, Pacey, that's we, that's we, it on the. We hit rock bottom less than 40 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> I will say, though, uh, on a positive note, other than uh, poor uh, vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris passing away, we have no injuries. Don't say that. You're going to panic people. They only <laughs> listen to the last few minutes of the podcast, <laughs> Pat Mac. We have no injuries to report, and that's always a positive. I love when we don't have injuries to report. Yes. Um, like I said, I recommend if you got the WWE Network, or even if you just hop on your uh, YouTube machine, just find some old Kamala skits or matches and, and go relive it. He was a he, he was a hell of a guy, and he had a rough end of his life. But God, he just 
when I was, you know, when you started Just think back of the to... lengths he went through to entertain you or to entertain exactly. your parents. You know, you have to have some respect for the guy, even if you've never liked his matches or anything. This this guy literally, like, lowered himself to humiliation for a career. Uh, it's you know, heartbreaking, really. What, what when I was a kid, this. you know, before you really realized some of this, uh, these racial undertones, I, I loved it. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I really loved it. Him and Hogan, I thought was epic. The Undertaker stuff was was amazing. I just really, really, really enjoyed it. Oh yeah, no, I grew up watching uh, Merry Melodies. You know, so I know, yeah. you know, like that stuff was just it, it just was. Yeah. So, um, rest in peace, Kamala, old, old sugar bear. Sugar bear. And I got nothing else, pasty. No, ain't got a leg to stand on. Oof, too soon. Oh. Mm. Uh, with that, um, pasty and fat Mac are logging off. See you next week, folks, for a triple threat prediction showdown. As we cast our picks for SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver XXX, and, and AEW's counter-program. Thanks to the NBA Fight for the Fallen, which is just an episode of Dynamite. But because it's counter-programming NXT TakeOver, I figure we might as well cast our picks. Because that's fun. Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? It's a triple threat next week. We'll see you there. It's going to be a slobber knocker. Bye.